When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone subscribing, following the podcast, and of course, our 94 WIP YouTube page. Tucker Bagley, Tucker Bagley joins me in all of our video podcasts. He'll be with me in a couple minutes as we hit the all-star break now with the Phillies. It's kind of a you know that, that time period where you kind of reflect on the season so far. You look forward to what's coming up. Trade deadline in a few weeks. Bryce Harper hopefully back to first base and gives the Phillies some options here uh, with what they do with the, the trade deadline. But as you kind of I take a big picture view today of this team, and it's been a weird season. So much excitement to start, a terrible start. Once again, just like last year, an incredible June that, that gets everyone so excited. I think it, it kind of punctuated with the beginning of July with the sweep of the Rays. Then the Phillies go to Miami. They get the Pache home run on Friday night. And it's like, oh, my goodness, this is ridiculous. All those straight road wins. They're back in a playoff spot. And then they end the first half with a couple losses in a row. And it's like, all right, well, what is this? So, so here's what it is. And I think it's interesting to look at it right now compared to one year ago. And then we'll jump in, jump in as some takeaways on the season so far and, and really what stood out. But the first thing is just the, the difference or the similarities between this team right now and at the All-Star break last year. So last year at the All-Star break, 49 and 43 was the record. Eight and a half games back of the Mets in the NL East. We know the Braves won it, but the Mets were leading it. They were tied for the final wild card spot and they had a plus 62 run differential. This year, Phillies are 48 and 41, so a slightly better winning percentage. They're 12 games back in the East. It's the Braves right now playing the best baseball of any team in the major leagues. Half a game out of the final wild card spot and a plus nine run differential. The Phillies are in a similar spot. They're similarly far back in the East, though further this year. But they are not as good of a team right now as they look to be a year ago, which is surprising because I thought the talent level was higher on this team. They just haven't performed that way yet. That run differential is pretty significant. That, that's the biggest difference. The record's similar. The East thing, you know, they're pretty far back. 12 is way further than eight and a half, but it's it's pretty far. Uh, half game out versus just dead even. It's the same thing, basically. It's the run differential. That That is a major difference. So that stood out to me. And then here are the things I'm just kind of diving in this morning, looking at this team that, that have really jumped out to me. Number one, and I, I think – when they have their explosive games, it's easy to forget it. Their offense just still isn't good enough. I mean, right now, they enter the break 17th in baseball and runs scored. They enter ninth in the NL in runs. Their adjusted OPS as a team is 102, 100 being league average. So they're just slightly above league average in, in those, you know, in that category right there. Um, they've struck out the 10th most times. They've walked the 25th most times. So their plate discipline is all over the place. They've hit the 18th most home runs. They need to hit. I mean, for the Phillies to go where they want to go, where the expectations were to actually make the playoffs, and I do think they're the kind of team, if they get in, that could be very dangerous. There's like a weird Eli Manning Giants, New York Giants vibe to them, the way that this Phillies team is, where it's like 
they're not very good, right? They're not a prolific team. They're not going to win 95 games. But if you put them in short series, if you put them in against anyone, I think they could make a run. I mean, it's, it's similar last year to that extent. I think it's this group has that about them. But if they're going to make the playoffs, they simply need to hit more. That means Kyle Schwarber needs to be better. It means Trey Turner needs to be significantly better. It means Bryce Harper needs to actually hit for some power in the second half, and they need to go get a bat. So that hit me that even because I, I waited, you know, we were doing this thing with the offense, and we kind of dove into some of these numbers last couple weeks, month, whatever, on this show. And I said, all right, let, let me just kind of hold out off uh, for a week or so. Let this percolate. Let's hit the numbers at the all-star break. Because the Phillies were playing better. I mean, they had a 23-7 and seven run there for a month. So obviously the wins were piling up. I wanted to see where the offensive numbers would be at the break compared to everybody else. And they're average or below average in, in most categories. Um, they're a little bit higher slugging OPS. I think that's mostly because of Kyle Schwarber. I mean, really, the home runs he hits and a lot of doubles from Castellanos kind of bumping up those numbers. But they haven't run into scoring position. And they just have been, you know, I'd say an average to a little below average offense for most of the season. So, so that hit me number one. Number two is the pitching has carried them. They have been a better pitching team than a hitting team. And it's great. My only question with that is, can this continue? You know, I always think th things even out over the course of a long season. The Phillies have been a remarkable pitching team since the beginning of June. I mean, it's as good as any team in baseball, getting innings from starters, excellence from starters, and that's even with some duds in there, like yesterday with Aaron Nola. But I wonder, as you kind of play this out down the, down the stretch of the season, can they pitch this well without adding anything? And it, it seems like the add, the thought about where they're going to add to this team in terms of a trade would be with a bat, would maybe a left fielder, right-handed hitting outfielder, if they do move Bryce to first base, fix the offense, fix the power, you know, boost the numbers we were just talking about with the offense. But the pitching, while really good right now, can it remain this good? I, I don't know. I mean, Aaron Nola has been up and down. Zach Wheeler has an ERA over four, even though his peripheral numbers say he should be better than that. The bullpen's been lights out, but now no Dominguez still. Maybe he'll be back soon. Alvarado back to the IL, and that seems to me like it's going to be a while because it was about a month last time he came back and he wasn't really right. So do they are they a little more cautious this time? We don't see him for a month and a half. I'm not sure, but th this bullpen has been – outrageously good, but now you're going to be without two of your guys. And, you know, it's it's fair to wonder if they can continue to pitch the way they have. Can they continue to pitch day in, day out? I mean, even Christopher Sanchez now, what he was able to do in his last start, it's just they're rolling five through. So if it continues, it'd be amazing. You could probably project a better second half from a guy like Zach Wheeler. But, you know, can everyone be as good in the pitching, be as good in the second half? Or are they going to need the offense to kind of pick it up to even things out, but the off, but the pitching has been really good. I mean, it's really the reason why the Phillies are on the you know, precipice of a playoff spot. It's because of the pitching, and it was so bad the first couple months. But now you look at it, really. I would say since the beginning of June, pretty much every game you think the Phillies have a real chance to win because of the pitcher. You know, especially now with Sanchez kind of establishing himself as the fifth guy, and and I know Noel is up and down, but you still feel. Like he could be great anytime he takes the mound, like he was against the Rays, you know, about a week ago. So pitching's been really good. The offense has not. Teams on pace for about 87 wins. It's similar in a lot of ways to last year. One more thing, and then uh, I want to get Tucker in here, give his takes and, and his feeling on this team right now. And then I'm, I'm going to save kind of one that surprised me for last after Tucker, because it's just, I just, 
it was probably the guy I was most wrong about, and I'm just blown away by so far. But one thing, if there's a real reason for optimism, second half, and I, I know it's kind of weird saying this because the Phillies just won 13 straight road games, but they don't have many road games left. And I actually think that that's a good thing. I mean, the Phillies aren't going to win every road game, as we just saw this weekend in Miami. They dropped a couple. It, it, they're better at home. Most teams are. The Phillies have been way better at home for years now. But the Phillies have already have played 51 road games at the All-Star break. That's an enormous number. I, I really do think the schedule sets up to be challenging the rest of the month here in July. But you go look at the August schedule for the Phillies. They're basically home the entire time. And they have a lot of teams they can beat and need to beat, including they're going to have a series here late August against the San Francisco Giants that very well may determine a playoff spot. The Giants and Phillies are, are pretty similar record-wise, have been for a while. I think they're both trending towards being that you know upper 80s kind of win team, 87, 88, 89 games. The Phillies got swept by the Giants at San Francisco. Now the Giants will come here. Phillies really need a sweep to, to even in our case the tiebreaker, but bottom line, they just need to beat that team a couple times. But in, in August, the schedule is it's amazing. They don't they don't go anywhere. They're just here the whole time. So they really could get on a run in August. And I think the Phillies don't leave the East Coast again until September 1st. So, so let alone, you know, home road, they don't even leave the time zone until I think the beginning of September. So a lot of really advantageous things with the schedule moving forward. But uh, Tucker, as we hit the all-star break here, the offense still hasn't hit enough. The pitching's been great. The schedule's been weird, even though they went 13 straight on the road. I, this is a weird team to try to figure out what they are because I think everyone feels like there's another level to them, but yet we're 90 games into the season, 89, and it's just like it's good but not great yet. Yeah, it almost feels like it, it's been a disappointing first half, and I don't want to say they're they're lucky to be in the position they're in, but but they kind of are. And you look at the the big names on this roster and who's cashing the biggest paycheck every week. I mean. Trey Turner hasn't had a good year. Bryce Harper, obviously, due to injury reasons, but he hasn't had a great offensive season. Hasn't a home run in about 44 days now, I think is the, the number we're up to. Nick Castellanos has obviously had a bump back season, but Kyle Schwarber's been up and down. He's had a lot of weird mental mistakes, and it's just been an absolute black hole out in left field. And then even what you want to throw in Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler, who have both been fairly disappointing this season, although Zach Wheeler... Um, his fielding independent pitching probably points to him being maybe a little bit more unlucky than, than bad this season. But the big names that this team is built around really haven't performed this season. Like you think about their best players, I mentioned Castellanos, um, their other all-star Craig Kimbrell. I don't think anybody expected that. I mean, you could probably argue that Castellanos and Kimbrell were the two least popular Phillies heading into the season. And now they're the two guys representing the team in Seattle this week. They've had a lot of guys step up. Matt Strom has had his moments. Um, you know, Ranger Suarez has started to put things together, although he struggled in, in his last couple outings. But you kind of look at what this team is, and this is a team built around stars, and their stars haven't really performed. And if you get Bryce Harper back on track, if you get Trey Turner to look anything like the guy who's gotten MVP votes the last couple seasons, I think that's what this team needs if they want to go further. And you look at what they've done at first base and how they've kind of cobbled things together. Maybe Derek Hall fixes that, but there's just a lot of weird holes on this team that I don't think we were expecting at the beginning of the season, right? I mean, this was a team much like last year was built to win through offense. So they're going to slug their way to victory. They were going to bludgeon other teams by putting up 10, 11, 12 runs. And it's really been the other way. Like you mentioned the run differential, they're like minus 36 and just their four losses to the Dodgers. They lost to the Cubs 10, nothing. I mean, 
when it goes bad for this team, it goes real bad. I mean, you don't have to go much further if you're looking at the schedule than the opening weekend series against Texas, where they got blown out three straight games. So it, it's a weird situation because, you know, what's your takeaway from it? I, I don't even know if this is what the team is. Like, I, I don't know if they're the team that won 13 in a row, if they're the, the team that started the season 0-4. It's such an odd team to evaluate at the halfway point of the season because I don't know if anyone's really played up to what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, it's a confusing bunch. Like in totality, if it's only 48 and 41 at the break, I I'm like, all right, yeah, that makes sense. I wouldn't have been surprised at their record, but how they got here, definitely weird. All right, I want to end with my last takeaway because this is the one that surprised me the most. And it's not actually Castellanos. I mean, I didn't think he'd be this good. I think his track record probably says he, he had a bounce back, you know, just based on how bad he was last year. And, and I have been surprised at how good he's been. He's totally deserving all-star for the Phillies. But Tucker is right that the, the most part, the stars in this team have not performed. And I could envision right now, three weeks from now, trade deadline, Dave Dabrowski makes a small move for a left fielder or, you know, a, a, in our swingman arm and says, really, our trade deadline is going to be our stars playing like stars, Bryce, Turner, you know, Nola, that, that's what he's, I could hear it right now. But one guy that is a star, literally now, an all-star, and it shocked me, is Craig Kimbrell. I, I thought he was this year's Corey Knable. And, and I and I understand Craig Kimbrell's got a track record that Knable does it. But just, you know, a 30-year-something-year-old reliever, not quite as good as used to be, one-year deal, what's the worst could happen? And with Knable went bad, and with Kimbrell, it's gone the opposite. But I saw something yesterday that absolutely blew me away for Craig Kimbrell and, and his career. So he made the all-star game. It was a you know, replacement. They always do that. They takes five or six guys that they can't go or whatever. Or they can't pitch and they just put other guys on. So, you know, is it a little bit of a, you know, it's not a true all-star appearance, I guess, but he's there. I mean, it, it counts. He's, he's an all-star. He'll be announced uh, tomorrow night. That's now Craig Kimbrell's ninth all-star appearance. And I want to pull this up because I saw it this morning and I was like, this, is this even real? So Todd Zalecki, MLB.com, had a note on Craig Kimbrell making his ninth All-Star Game appearance and the other pitchers that have done this. And Kimbrell's had a great career. I just don't know when you talk about Craig Kimbrell if you say out loud Hall of Famer. Like, you just you say it. But he's pitched like once his last 25 innings. He has a one-something ERA. He's been – I think he has the highest strikeout rate in the National League right now. He's been outstanding for the Phillies and really made it so – Soto's up and downs in the bullpen. Dominguez's injury, Alvarado's multiple injuries have not killed them because they've had a rock at the back end for, I would say, the better part of two months now. Here's the list. Here are the pitchers in baseball history with nine or more All-Star Game appearances. It's Warren Spahn, Mariano Rivera, Tom Seaver, Roger Clemens, Clayton Kershaw, Tom Glavin, Randy Johnson, Steve Carlton, Justin Verlander, Goose Gossage, Juan Marichal, Carl Hubble. Verlander's going, obviously. Kershaw's going to the Hall of Fame without question. They're all Hall of Famers. Like every single one of the guys in that list is a Hall of Famer. And now you add Craig Kimbrell. I just, when this offseason happened and the Phillies that all, you know, the buzz was about Trey Turner and $300 million, they may have signed a Hall of Famer that just went totally under the radar. Like Craig Kimbrell has a shot. Now, I, he's had kind of a weird October history in his career. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he's actually make the Hall of Famer. Maybe he needs to win a World Series with the Phillies or something. But man. If Craig Kimbrell continues this, it's one of Dombrowski's best signings. I, I, I didn't see this coming. I didn't think he had a, a bounce back year like this, but he has been absolutely amazing. It's been a weird first half for the Phillies. Their half came out of playoffs, but it's going to be a fun second half. It all, of course, starts on Friday. Trade deadline a few weeks away. We'll be talking about it all right here 
on WIPDL. I appreciate everyone tuning in, listening, following, and of course, watching us on our 94 WIP YouTube page. Back tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening to WIP Daily.